Good morning. Is it really good? Even though it's raining, is it good? Aren't you glad it's raining? <laughs> See, if you, if you didn't have rain, by the time all the produce come this summer, it's going to be so high that you'll say, oh my goodness, we should have had rain. Rain is a good thing. Now, I want to introduce the message today. The message, basically, is a follow-up on a series that we just finished, and I said I was going to continue with it. It is, in a, a, I guess, a, a continuation, but it's a different series, and it might be a two-part or something like that. But we're talking about the ifs. God, if this relationship is not working, what do we do? I asked you to email me some information if you all wanted me to answer some questions, uh, but no one had any questions, so that means that I taught a message that no one really, <laughs> it didn't apply to anybody. No one. Four messages. But I don't believe that. So anyway, I know you just uh, didn't want me to know your email address. Uh, it's okay. It is okay. But t- the title of the message uh, under that, because it's just a, just, just a, a big heading, is that you follow capital M-E. Jesus is saying this. You follow me. And so this is a foundation to all the ifs that we could ever have. All the ifs. You follow me. Let's look in John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 21, let's start in verse 19, and it says, Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death, that he, that he would glorify God. And he was just finished talking to, to Peter, and, um, you know, they had just finished breakfast and whatnot, and, and uh, so Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And Peter answered um, that he did love him, but uh, we're not teaching on that, those particular passages, but there were different kinds of love that, that, that Peter replied. Uh, but I was just leading up to telling you what this is that he's talking about. And when he had spoken this, the last part of verse 19, he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Now, that's, that's, that's not a suggestion. It's letting him know, follow me. Now, Peter turned around, and this is what we do a lot of times. This is, remember, this is an introduction to all the ifs that we're talking about. Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. And it says, the one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? I want you to remember that now. What about this man? Now, we do that sometimes. Let's look at verse 22. Jesus said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. That's the title of the message today. You follow me. Now, 
The saying went around among the brethren that, this is verse 23, oh, a disciple, he's, he's not going to die because Jesus, he told him that, that uh, uh, when, he, uh, when, when he comes back, he's going to still be alive. Well, Jesus actually didn't say that. He said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? And that's what it says here. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come. What is that to you? And so we are talking about the ifs. And in relationships, I believe that's what we do a lot of times. We are so concerned about the other person in this relationship. We're so concerned about, well, God, I've heard the messages. I know that he said that I have, as a man, as a husband, I have five things that I'm supposed to do uh, for my wife. Uh, I know I'm supposed to do those things. But what about her? That's what we did. And, of course, the women, he gave me seven. I can't believe it. You know? Can't believe it. Precious, you know, give me seven. He, he, he doesn't like women, you know. Give me, give me seven. And then he didn't say anything about when this dude doesn't do what he's supposed to do. So I don't, I don't think that's fair. We do that with relationships with our relatives, with our in-laws. We do it with our coworkers. We do it with our employees and employers. We do it with um, our sisters and brothers. We do it with our mates. We do it in the church. We do it all the time, basically. When things are not going the way we think they should go, we are concerned about the other person. So the foundation message today is that don't be concerned. This is what I want you to, to get because this is, this is, this is the, the, the essence of the, of the message. Don't be concerned about the other person. What is that to you? Jesus has told you what to do. And I'm talking to me too. Do you understand? He's told you what to do. You follow him. You do your five things, young man. You do those. Don't even bring up well, she did this and she said this. If it weren't for her, you know, doing this, I could be, I could, I could, I could live in peace. You know, it does say if a, uh, it's better living in a corner of a rooftop than with a contentious woman. So obviously there's something wrong with her and I'll be okay if it wasn't for her. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it. But Jesus is telling us, what is that to you? Because we'll, we'll say, uh, straighten him up. If he would love me as Christ of the church, I will gladly submit to him. Gladly. It'll be a pleasure to submit to him. What is that to you if he never loves you as Christ loves the church? What is that to you? Now, it's, it's a sober message. It goes in every situation. It goes uh, for me and my relationships, but it also goes in larger relationships uh, like the elders. It goes for us, too, because we, we, we can say, God, you know, why don't you get them to do what they're supposed to do? We'll have a 
very nice. We could do just what you say do. We could OCF souls if they would just be obedient to us and we'll do what we do. We're telling them the word, God. What is he going to tell us? What is that to you? If they never do anything that you ask them to do, even though it's the word of God, that's between me and them. You follow me. It goes for everybody. Everybody. So I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to help us today. I'm trying to help us today with the ifs. What if? What if? Because you, 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 we could go around with a microphone and ask you, is everything going your, your, your way in your, in your relationships? Guaranteed, unless you're going to lie in the house of God. <laughs> You said, no, it's not going quite like I would like it to go. Yeah. And it's never usually, uh, so what, 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 what could straighten up? Usually a person would not say if they're, if they're with you by themselves. They wouldn't say, it's me. I'm the problem. It just, it just won't form on their, on their lips. Yeah. You follow me. <laughs> Now, let's go a little bit further here because we, we need to get some things straight just about before we uh, uh, just jump, you know, into the middle of the pool here. We need to get some, some, some foundation things straight. Now, this is, this is the best foundation right here. Now, let's go just a little bit further. See, I think uh, in husband-wife relationship, in, in, in the um, probably singles uh, in the church, in the churches, uh, they do want to get married, most of them. They, they, they would like to get married. If, they, if the God sent them the right partner, they want to get married. And those who have been married before, they, they want to get married again. Um, that's just the way it is. It's good for man not to be alone. They have a helper suitable for them. Uh, and, and women do want somebody to care for them, to uh, appreciate them, to take care of them, and to uh, be kind to them and gentle to them. They want somebody to do that. So let's lay some foundations here uh, for especially our singles. Uh, let me see your singles raise your hand. Let's see how many singles we have in here. Okay, good, good. All ages, we got singles, good, good. And we're going to turn over to, well, you probably, you, don't need, neither have, you, you really don't have to turn over to it, really, because you know it. If I ask you the question, what's the most important thing you need to know going into a marriage, going into a relationship, you know, a particular marriage, what, what is it? And, and, of course, you know, you hear a multitude of things like I just did. You know, you know, must be saved, must be, you know, two people married, things like that. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something that's very important. You have to come into it with the right expectation. Uh, wrong expectations mess up relationships. Because when you have an expectation that the other person can't meet, uh, then you're going to be an unhappy camper. Uh, so... You need to have the correct expectation about marriage. I want to paint a biblical picture of marriage to you, a biblical picture, not a, a world picture, uh, not uh, some uh, romantic Romeo and Juliet picture. I want to pa- paint a, a God picture to you. People, marriage is work. 
I said it before. I'm saying it again. Marriage is work. You are going to have problems if you get married. I'm, I'm, paying, I'm paying a good one, Sierra. You better listen now. I'm paying a good one to you. You're going to have problems, girl. If you, you, if you get married, you're going to have problems. Is that biblical or is that not? Some of you don't even know, huh? Okay. That's okay. I'm not going to say anything that's not biblical. Hopefully. Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 10. Uh, let's go to 5. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Um, let's look at what God says. And it, it helps the singles. It helps those who are married, and sometimes you're frustrated. It helps you um, when you are mentoring and discipling others, because God has called us to do that, as hasn't he? And we know that the world needs the church. We know that because we know that half of the marriages in the world fail. We know that the church needs you, because we know that half the marriages in the church fail. Is that correct? There, there is no uh, uh, shortage of people who need to know what God says about the word and how to be successful in relationships. It's not a shortage. God needs you to be on board. He needs you to be the mouthpiece. He needs you. Now, when we go through this, let me preface this with saying, I know that we live in a world that's uh, sinful. I know that there's no good thing in the flesh. I know that Satan has done everything he can to destroy uh, every relationship. He doesn't want unity in anything. He wants division in everything, and he surely wants divorce, which is division. He wants that uh, also. I know that, and I know he's been successful. So obviously, if it's been 50% of the marriages basically fail in the church, we obviously know that we have people here that's been divorced. Is that true? I mean, I don't care what church I'll be standing in, I can say the same thing. It really won't matter. Because half the church, basically, statistically, uh, is that way. I don't in any mean, means want to uh, let you know that, oh, you know, you're terrible, da-da-da-da-da, you know. Uh, that's not the purpose uh, we do things in counseling and break strongholds and, and, and all those type of things and, and, and cry out to God for mercy. We do all those things in, in private, but I'm telling you what the Word says. And what I'm trying to paint to you is that don't go into this thing haphazardly. And, and those of us who are in it, which is most of us, don't think it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a uh, just a small, slight thing to God. Marriage is, is the next thing to your relationship with him. I'm telling you, it's sacred. It's sacred. It is. So he wants us to think about that. Now, I'm going to read you some things so that you'll know that, number one, if you're married, you don't have a choice but to make it work. You understand? And hopefully you married a Christian. But just in case you were unsaved when you got married and you maybe became a Christian and your mate didn't, then God speaks to you too in this. 
Let's uh, look at verse 31. We should admit be at Matthew 5. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, is fornication in another place, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Let's go to Matthew uh, 19. Let's look at verse 3, starting verse 3. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Let's let's, let's keep on going until we get to verse 9. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give her certificate of divorce and send her away? He said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not or has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Let's go over to Mark, chapter 10, verse 11 and 12. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. Let's look at Luke. This is a, I'm just reading the scripture. Chapter 16. Verse 8. 18. Verse 18. One verse. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Let's turn over to First uh, Corinthians, chapter 7. Let's go there. This is just a survey. It's not a, a teaching, an exhaustive teaching on divorce and remarriage. That's, that's, not, that's not what we're doing. Like I said, what we're doing is laying a foundation that if you're married, make it work. If you're not then make sure that you do what God is saying to do in these verses here. Verse 10, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 10. But to the married I give instructions, but not I, but the Lord. So he's prophesying that this is the Lord saying this, that the wife should not leave her husband. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried. So he does say you can't, can't leave. But you must remain unmarried. Or else be reconciled to your husband. And that the husband should not divorce his wife. Uh, But, you know, to the rest I say not the Lord. But um, that if a brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. 
and what they were doing is that um, they were coming out of the uh, Corinthian pagan society, and they were believing that, my goodness gracious, I don't want to be married to no pagan. I gave my life to Christ, and my husband didn't give my life, his life to Christ. Then uh, I'm, I'm married to a pagan. It's going to be unpure here. We're going to have some unpure children. It's not going to be good. Yeah? I'm supposed to be sanctified, and he's not sanctified, and no, the sanctified usually uh, becomes impure if they touch anything that's unholy. So I'm going to divorce him. Oh, she said, I'm going to divorce. He said, I'm going to divorce her. So they were just divorcing. And so he's writing this to him. And a woman who has an unbelieving husband, and he consents to live with her, she must not send, he must, she must not send, send her husband away. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children will be unclean, but now they are holy. And it's not saying that uh, they are saved or anything like that. It's speaking again of touching that which is unpure and things of that nature, because obviously, if you're married, uh, you're going to have intimacy, and they're, they're believing that, oh man, this is going to be not good, and our children are not going to be good. No, he's saying, no, you know, the unsaved person is sanctified by the saved one. Otherwise, your children would be uh, not be holy, but they are holy now. Verse 15, yet if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. And so some people ask, well, what do I do if I'm, my wife abandons me and just leave? Because this has happened. Or my husband, wife, said, uh, uh, just abandoned me and just left me with the children. And, and he, he just left. He said he doesn't want me any longer. He wants a newer version. Well, he left. Okay. What do I do? And what we believe at Cornerstone is that if you are abandoned by your mate, then this verse here, you know, you've tried to do everything you could do to save your marriage, but this partner does, is not interested in saving nothing. They are, they're going to be history. They're going to leave you, and that's going to be gone. That's this history. Then you're not under bondage, and you can remarry. That's what we believe here at Cornerstone. That's what we believe in GCI, all the churches in GCI. So um, people may ask, what do I do? Well, I'm telling you what you do is that you're, you're not under bondage in such cases. So some people set free in that way. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? See, sometimes we believe that we're going to stay in something and save this person, and they're doing all sorts of things to you. Um, a line is drawn in marriage as far as what we teach at Cornerstone. A line is drawn. If that partner steps across that line and, and, and now they start uh, hitting you, start you know, doing things that's unholy and ask you to do things unholy, uh, the line is drawn that you don't do anything unholy. Submission has stopped to him or her and well, him. Uh, submission has stopped to him and submission to the Lord keeps going. Do not 
do not, wives, let your husbands cause you to sin and say that you have to do this because you need to be submissive to me. Uh, you may think it's, it's, it's um, weird that nobody will say anything. Nobody going to ask somebody to sin. Right. Right. I'm telling you, it's happened. It's happened. This line is drawn. Don't do it. Do not sin. Don't let somebody abuse you. Okay? And you stay in this situation. I'm telling you. You say, what should I do if, if, uh, if, if he, he uh, physically abused me? Uh, then call the police. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm serious. I am serious. I am serious. I've, I've already counseled someone to do that. Yeah. Let him just touch you one time. I mean, just, I mean, just a, a light punch, you know. He, he didn't give the full force. Call the police and take out a warrant on him and make sure that he can't come on that property any longer. Okay. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't be a punching bag like this. Don't be a punching bag. For these men who can't control their emotions and their anger, you know, and, and, and think that, uh, well, you're not going anywhere because uh, nobody wants you but me. Come on. Somebody wants everybody. You know, There's somebody wants everybody. And I would rather be with nobody than be with somebody going to beat me. Do you hear me? Men, there are some women. Sad to say, there are some who will beat you. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they had to wait till you kind of sleep or something, kind of, you know. <laughs> um, but um, don't take physical abuse from a woman just because she knows karate and things like that. Don't take physical abuse from her. Okay, it's just just the way it is. Call the police. <laughs> Since woman is attacking me, you know, hit me with a frying pan, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hit her back, you know. Come get her, you know. These are ifs now, right? These are ifs. And I'm only telling you ifs from since you didn't ask, you didn't ask me to, uh, for any, any questions to answer. I'm asking the things that I've, I've uh, encountered through about 40 years of being in the world system, in the church, uh, uh, because I taught for years, and, and, and uh, we have people who have problems, and they'll, they'll tell you their problems if, if you listen. And so many people told me their problems. Also, I'm in relationship with, with pastors, other pastors, and they tell me uh, situations and things like that because they're teaching me, mentoring me, and they say, okay, th- this has happened. And I said, no, that didn't happen. Oh, yes, it did. And so I'm trying to answer some of those questions that you didn't ask, but the questions that uh, have come up that you may um, be aware of, okay? Or not, might not be aware of. Let's go a little further. Let's look at um, 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's go to chapter 6. 
Because we have people who say, well, you know, what if I have this girlfriend who has a brother who's real nice. Every time I go over to her house, you know, he's so nice, you know, and, and he's so courteous and considerate, you know, and he likes me. He, he's not saved, but um, it's nobody in the church that's that, that's that kind and, and treats me that nice. Matter of fact, the fellows in the church, they act like jerks. Now, that's true in some cases. Do you know that? I'm, I'm telling you, it's something. Because total depravity, just because somebody, just because everybody has been affected by sin, does not mean that they are totally depraved. That doesn't mean that they are as bad as they can be in every area. It's some people who are just, they're so not, they're nicer than, 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 than most people in the church. You know? But God has told you what to do. I believe God. Verse 14. Chapter 6, 2 Corinthians. It says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. We can close, can't we? Can't we? I mean, that's what it says. Then the only way you'll do that, if, if you both were unbelievers and you got saved. And I already read that. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? You see, when, when you get saved, you are now light. You are out of darkness. I don't care how dim that light is, you are light. Okay? I don't care how bright that darkness is or that unbeliever is dark. You hear what I'm saying? You might not, you may think that, that this person is so sweet and so kind and all that kind of stuff. Marry them. Marry them. And you find out that, that they are depraved in other areas you never knew about. And you're going to have what you got saved to avoid. Okay? You have a life of, of, of total, you know, fire and brimstone, you know? Really? You don't want that. I'm telling you. You don't want that. Now, many people have done it. And you might talk to somebody and say, well, well Uncle so-and-so, my, uh, they, they, uh, they, they, they're married, and, and they, she's an unbeliever, and, and they get along fine. There is a day that's coming, and we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't care how nice Uncle so-and-so's wife was, she's going to fire and brimstone if she's an unbeliever. Do you hear what I'm saying? Your children are going to have problems also. Or what harmony has Christ with Biel? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God says, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from the midst of them and be separate, says the Lord. That's what he says. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be separate. Now, I've laid that foundation. So now, now that we are single, you know who to look for. Is that correct? Okay. You know who not to look for. All right. 
Don't even date an unbeliever. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because what's going to happen is that you're going to get emotionally involved. You're going to get deeper and deeper into the forest, and you're not going to be able to see the trees for the forest. I'm telling you. And you're going to think it's okay. If you don't ever date them or court them, as some believe, which we believe, uh, you'll, never, you, you'll never be emotionally involved with them. If you're never emotionally involved with them, you don't have to worry about marrying them. Okay? I'm, I'm telling you for your benefit. You don't have to worry about falling into immor- immorality. Because an unbeliever, I'm telling you, it's not about much. I know. I was one. We all were one at one time, I hope. Otherwise, you're not here. <laughs> Listen to me now. I'm telling you the truth. What, um, now, now, now that's, that's the foundation. We don't have a choice, singles. We don't have a choice. But to look for somebody that's sold out for God, okay, that's com- you're compatible with. Marriage, you, you don't have a choice. If you're in the marriage, the word of God tells you what to do. Okay? Don't try to get, get out of the marriage. There's no excuse, I tell people, none whatsoever. If, if you come to my wife and I for counseling, there is no excuse for two believers not to be able to make it. None. And I, I, I tell people, I tell people, I tell people that have been married before and they, they say, well, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, well, I should marry her, you know, because she's been married before. If you, agree, if you will obey this word, both of you obey this word. It's nothing that you can't do. You know? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Okay? The word of God is a standard. And I tell people that. The only problem you're going to have is when one person is not going to obey the word. And the other person tries to. Then you have problems. The other, the other problem you're going to have is a bad problem. If both of you don't agree with the word. Neither one of you are following the word of God. You're going to have problems. Because we know what's going to happen to you. You're going to be in the flesh. And if you're in the flesh, all sorts of fireworks happens. Okay? Trying to help you. Trying to help you. And I know the message is not for you, but, you know, get it and give it to some of your friends. They need it. They need it. What? Now, God is going to get... He's going to get what he wants anyway. Do you hear what I'm saying? From a Christian. He's going to get it. Uh, why were you created? I'm going to ask you again. Okay. I heard, I heard the right answer for some people. Why were you created? For his glory. That's according to uh, Isaiah 43, 7. Okay? For his glory. If you create it for his glory, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Okay? Why were you predestined? That's a hard one, isn't it? Huh? You should know the answer. You quote part of the scripture all the time. 
Um, let's look at it in Romans 8. You, you quote it part of the time. In Romans 8, it'll tell you uh, that all things work together for those who love God and call according to his presence. How many quotes that all the time? You quote it. You quote it. But you, you most of the time we stop there. Okay? That's verse 28. Verse 28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and call according to his presence. Verse 29 said, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what it says. Did you all say that? Or did you all say something different? If you all say something different, read it off the screen. Because you, you don't have the right version. <laughs> He's going to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. If you are saved... He's going to conform it. Now, the only reason you won't be conforming, you're not saved. Because it goes on to say, so that he may be the firstborn of many brethren, verse 30, and those who he predestined, he also called, and those who he called, he also justified, and those who he justified, he also glorified. He's going to get it. So, we need to understand that, that we need to go from uh, one degree of sanctification to another. We are sanctified when we, when we get born again. When we get born again, he's already separates you from darkness to light. You have already now holy. But we're not as holy as we're going to be. We, we, we're at a starting point. We, we're now over in light. But light needs, to, light needs to come towards the brighter light. We need to get more and more closer to him and further and further away from the world. Is that correct? Okay. First Thessalonians says that. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Okay? That's what, it, that's what it says. And that you inform, uh, uh, abstain from immoralities. It says that also. And I, we can add uh, that the will of God is for you to be uh, sanctified, which is a process, ongoing process, and that you refrain from uh, speaking evil against your brother. Because anything in the world, word, we can say, that's his will. Okay? Now, we're going to have a, a little skit uh, about the youth. Uh, they went over to the uh, Lynchburg, I, I guess it's Central Virginia Training Center. Maybe that's what they call it, Central Virginia Training Center. And um, they ministered to them over there. And it was, it was a, a great, great time for them. And I got the word from that they did such a great job. And I wanted them to um, give you an illustration of where we are at this point.
sometimes we are in situations just like Jason was in. We're stuck. And we're, we are trying to get out of the situation. And God has clearly explained to us what we need to do. We need to obey his word. That's what we need to do. And so if you have an, a situation in a relationship, um, you go to God, ask God to help you, to show you what you need to do. Let me tell you again. Show you what you need to do. See, we think sometimes it's about the other person. Well, it's all about actually Jesus. Is that correct? It's all about him. It's for his glory. But now the next thing, after it's all about him, now I say it's all about you. It's not about the other person. It's about you. And so sometimes we, 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 get mis- that, that, we get in that mistake and we start pointing fingers. The other person. It's the other person. What about them? What about them? No, no. It's about you. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's not about anybody else. And if you will straighten that out, you'll find out that God will straighten your mate out if that's his will. Let's straighten him out or her out. But you cannot do it opposite. You cannot call on your friends to help you. And that's what, uh, like in the movie Fireproof, sometimes they get around friends. They're going to give them all this advice and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You get to God and you pray. You ask God, help me, Lord. I am not what I should be. Help me, Lord. Let's turn to Romans 14. It's about you. It's about you. Not about the other person. You follow me, Jesus said. Don't, don't, don't worry about this other person. What is that to you? If, if I don't even, if I, hey, if I don't change him, what is it to you if I don't change him? But it's not fair. How am I going to be submissive to a husband that, that's not going to be like Christ? That's not fair. Who said marriage was fair? I mean, I didn't read it. Have you, have you ever read it? Maybe, maybe some of you read it in your, in your Bible. I haven't read it in the ones I have. That marriage is fair. It's so nice. It's about any problems. No. It's work. And if I, if I would have read on in, in Corinthians, it would have told you that, hey, I wish you, if you're not married, don't even get married. I wish you'd be just, just, just like me. Not that I'm trying to put a burden on you. It's just that I want you to be Dedicated to God, because if you're unmarried, if the lady's unmarried, she's going to be concerned about the Lord and, 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 and you know, how to, how to serve him and keep her body pure and her spirits pure. And a man's going to be concerned about the Lord. But if you get married, the woman's going to be concerned about how she can please her husband. The husband's going to be concerned about how she can please the wife. Is that true, married people? We're going to be concerned about it. You better be concerned about it. <laughs> yeah, be concerned about it. You know, so your life will be easier. Okay. But in Romans chapter 14, 
uh, it says here in verse 14, now except the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith for uh, that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eat vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Do you realize that the Lord can make this other person in a relationship, even though they're not doing what they should do, do you know that the Lord can make them stand? The Lord can make them stand. Because he's the Lord. He's sovereign. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observe it to the Lord. And he who eats, does it so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to the Lord. And he who eats not for the Lord, he also does not eat. He gives thanks to the Lord. For not the one who, not for not one of us who lives for himself and not one who dies for himself. If we live, we're going to live for the Lord. If we die, we're going to die for the Lord, in other words. For this is the end Christ died and lived again that he might be the Lord over the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we all stand, will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it's written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every tongue shall give me praise. So then each one of us will give account for himself before God. It's about you. It's not about the other person. It's all about you. Now, obviously, we know what we already said. It's, about, it's ultimately to give God the glory, and it's about him. But after that, it's about you and not about the other person in that relationship. Do you hear me? Stop judging one another. Stop being critical of one another. Be concerned about you. Stop causing all these arguments and things like that. We all go with so many things, you know. Like I have a friend that's a seven-day Adventist. You know, we, matter of fact, we were in a seven-day Adventist church uh, before we moved into this, this body. We were there for about two years, one year and eight months. And um, uh, praise God. If they want to uh, worship on Saturday, let them worship on Saturday. They want to, uh, some churches anyway, they have, they have multiple services. They have it on Saturday night anyway, one of their services. It, you know, if God didn't say, you know, hey, look, don't you do this. If he didn't say that, then if you want to do it, you can do it. Now, we know that if I want to eat some pork chops, I can eat some pork chops. It's okay. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's okay. You know? If I want to eat some, a barbecue sandwich, I'll eat a barbecue sandwich. And you're not going to condemn me either. You know? Now, I know I'm not going to let my, my, my freedom turn into, uh, you know, something for the flesh. And I know that all things are lawful to me, but all things are not profitable to me. So, therefore, you know, I know that I want my blood pressure to go way up there. You know, I, mean, I need to eat something that's, that's more healthy. But I can eat it if I want to. You know, I can eat it a little bit. Can I? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So we're going, to, we're going to stop this. So a lot of times we do things because of preferences. And the word of God hasn't said it's unlawful. You just want somebody to believe like you believe. 
You know, don't try to make me believe like you believe. Okay, I'm going to just tell you how I believe. You can believe it or not. I don't care. Right? You can believe how you want to believe. Just don't try to force me to believe it. That's what people say, well, you know, you ought to dress down. I dress the way I want to dress. You know, I will. I dress down one day. Praise God. I'm going to dress down another one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know. But I do it because I want to. Is it in the word that I can't wear a suit to church? Huh? That I can't wear a Is that in the word anywhere? It's not in the way I wear what I want to wear. Right? Now, if I told you, you got to wear a suit. You got to wear a tie. You got to look like me. Now, now, now see, now, that's not in the word of God. So, you know, don't do that. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of our contentions in our relationships is because of preferences, is because of it's not in the word of God that's prohibiting this thing. We just want somebody to do what we're doing, you see. And that's not what God is calling for. God, God is so good. He's so good. Um, we need to learn from examples, don't we? Or do you want to experience everything yourself? You see, that, that's what young people say. I don't want you to tell me what to do. It was back in your days. This is a new day. Okay. Okay, young, young buck. All right. <laughs> but see, the word of God told me that the Old Testament, what he did for Israel is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. What, what he did for Israel, he said, that these are examples for you that you don't fall in the same unbelief. You don't fall like they fall. So he's telling us, I, I put this thing here, all this stuff that happened in the Old Testament to Israel, I put it here for your examples. Don't fall like they fell. Learn from somebody else's mistakes. Let them, they've, 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 they've done it, they have the t-shirt for it. Let them tell you, okay, don't, don't do this, don't do this. Don't do this, you know. I, I did that, don't, don't do this. Say, young people sometimes they don't want to listen. Most of the, most of the middle-aged and older people, they, they listen, don't they? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. He's going to get it anyway. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, walk in the Spirit, don't walk in the flesh. Galatians chapter 5. And anytime you have problems in your relationships, usually it's because somebody is walking in the flesh. Talk to me now. You're not walking in the spirit. How are you ever going to develop love, joy, peace, you know, long-suffering, which is patience, goodness, kindness, temperance, you know, self-control. How are you going to develop that if you don't have, he don't put you in in situation with with relationships that it's going to bring it out? How are you going to do it? You're around somebody that, that they think you, you, you know, you walk on water. You're the best thing since potato chips, you know. And so, so they, they love everything you say. You know, they, yes, sir, I agree with it. You know, I agree with it. Yes, I agree with it. Yeah. Maybe you'll find somebody later to marry. But after you get married, I bet you they'll change. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Yeah. So realize that. These relationships that God puts us in, 
He puts us in it, those relationships to develop his character. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the only way we're going to develop that fruit of that spirit is that we go to the cross and say, God, it's not about me. It's about me and you. You know, it's not, you know this other person, God, what do I care what, what you do to them? I don't, I don't care whether they, they obey, whether they don't obey God. I'm the one who has to stand before you. I'm the one who has to stand before the judgment seat. I'm the one who has to, have to bow my knee. And she's going to bow her knee anyway. One day. Is that true? He's going to bow his knee one day. He might not bow now, but he will praise God. He will. So I'm concerned about me, Lord. Get me right. If we do that, oh, we're going to be so good. So I say, when, when, it's, when, it's, when we have these relationship difficulties, I say, praise God. Just, you know, let me just share with you. Praise God. This is good stuff. It's growth time. It's time for you to grow. It's time for you to get in this word. It's time for you to see those flaws. See, your partner or your children or your parents or whichever the case may be, they are bringing out flaws in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's what it is. That's what they am. <laughs> and so I said, oh, praise God. I see that flaw, God. I go to him and say, God, help me. Help me with this flaw. Help me with this flaw. Let's stand. It is about you and God. You follow him. You follow him. Don't worry about the other person. You follow him. So when you leave today, I want you to, I want these words to ring in your heart. It's not about this other person. It is not about him. It's not about her. It's about me and my relationship with you, Lord. It's all about me getting myself right with you. If I get irritated, it's because I have a flaw. I need to be more long-suffering. If I'm angry because this didn't go right, I suppose is I have a flaw. I need to get right with you. I'm supposed to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. I'm supposed to be there because the anger of God, anger does not work the righteousness of God. It says in James, "Oh God, help me! Is something wrong with me, Lord?" We all say that to somebody. I mean, say it to God. Talk to Him. Get in your prayer room and talk to Him. That's where. That's where. Things are, are changed. And let me, let me share with you that if you don't obey the word of God, you're not going to experience the change that he wants you. You're not going to experience it. it only, you only experience that transformation, that, 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 you know, be not conformed to the word, be transformed when you obey. When you obey the word of God. You've got to practice the word of God. You can't be just a hearer of the word only and not a doer. You've got to practice the word. And you'll find out as you start practicing and start practicing, then that person gets on your nerve less and less. And you can tolerate things more and more. You don't get angry and, and, and kick the cat anymore. Okay? Because God is working sanctification in you. Amen. It's good to hear the truth, isn't it? Hurts sometimes, but it's healthy. Would the prayer team please come up, please, uh, for prayer for anybody today that um, would like to dedicate 
will really commit this challenge that pastors laid out before us to God, to cry out for help. Whether you do it at home in your own private prayer closet or you want support here at church, that other prayer team is here for as well. You can lay it out there. God, I need help. I need help to change me. I need help for my spouse. I need help for my cousin, whatever it may be. If you've got kids that are in relationships um, that you know are questionable, you can step in the gap and pray for them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.